I'm Samuel Broden, a kindergarten teacher with a lot to say, and this is Embracing Childhood, where we have candid, casual conversations on childhood. I'm ready to talk. Are you? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Embracing Childhood, where we have candid and casual conversations on childhood. I am super, super excited about today's episode. We have just such a good friend, my best Judy. I'm so excited to have Ron Grady on our podcast today. We're going to be talking all about observation and documentation. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But let's all say hello to Ron. Hi. Hello, everyone. Thank you How for are having you? me. Oh, good. So good to be here with you. and just excited to chat with you about... All these things, I mean, I feel like we could talk for a million years about anything early childhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm just really excited to be here, be with you, and yeah, share, just share so much of what I love. So I love that. I'm super, super excited. So uh, why don't we start? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Uh, I am a teacher currently at Nature School in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm also the founder of Childology which is sort of this project that I put together that kind of just looks at childhood through an emergent curriculum lens and shares it with families and educators. I've been teaching for, this will be my sixth year. And before that, I was involved in early childhood research in college. And I have a master's in early childhood education, which is really cool, but also at the same time means so little. (laughs) <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Um, but no, it's uh, it's really cool. And yeah, I really just, I guess in a nutshell, I consider myself someone who values children's experiences, who values childhood for its own sake. I guess in my professional practice, the thing that matters most to me is that I give children space to live their lives authentically and expansively and really uh, honor that you know, every part of our day. So. I love that. And see, now y'all know we had to have him on here because that's our whole vibe right there. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, I'm super excited to have Ron on here. We met a couple of years ago and it was like, it was the fates. Yeah. It was seriously the fates. And like, it totally was. <laughs> it's been like super amazing to just like learn from him and watch him grow and just have his source of like encouragement and just his way of thinking has helped me to shift my way of thinking with children. And so I'm super, super excited to have a conversation with him today. We are going to be talking about observation and documentation. So if you guys don't already know, this is probably the thing that I am most self-conscious about in my work is observing the children, documenting what they're doing. All of that is something that I've struggled with since the beginning of my career. And it's always been something that's kind of, I don't know, kind of made me feel like, ugh, I really need to get better at doing this. And then it just can never do it. So I'm sure that there's other people out there like me. And so I'm really, really excited to kind of pick Ron's brain and see what 
types of strategies and ideas, just reasonings behind the importance of this idea of observing and documenting what the children are saying and doing and all of that. So I guess I'll just start with a basic question like, let's talk about the importance of observing the children and documenting what we're seeing and hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I lost the audio for just a second. You said the importance of documenting what we're seeing and hearing from the children. Yeah, just the importance of observing the children and then documenting yeah, the things that we see Absolutely. I mean, there's so many things, right? I think if you begin from a perspective that childhood is valuable for its own sake, right? And that children mm-hmm. are full human beings. At the very basic level, it's like we do in a conversation, right? I'm observing you, I'm listening to you, I'm responding to you. Uh, observation and listening really open the door for us to be able to be responsive on an emotional level to children um, and also to begin to help them progress intellectually, right? I mean, when we take the time to sit back, we can see whether a child is taking an interest in, in my context, might be bugs or blocks or paints or social relationships, right? Because the work of childhood progresses on such a different trajectory than our own adult work as well, right? Like, you know, I think it can be tough sometimes because we have to kind of sit with it, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, okay, uh, I am sitting and observing and what is going on? How right, long do right. I observe for? How long do yes, I keep this yes. note or this record for? You know, so many questions. Yes. But really, it is a way that we get to know children because... Mm-hmm. And perhaps in childhood, more than any other time, children are constantly expressing themselves in so many different ways, uh, Mm -hmm. in subtle ways, in ways through materials, in ways through interactions, through that facial expression that we might otherwise miss. And so honing our disposition to be observant helps us to get to know the child and set that foundation so that we can respond to them in a way that's appropriate and meaningful and connected. I really like how you explained that, and I really like how you connected it with just us as adults in general and what we kind of are already doing in our everyday life when we're having these conversations with each other. Because at least for me, I feel like the idea of documentation and and observing the children and all these things, that has always felt like to me something really, really huge and like a really big thing to take on. And I think that that's part of the reason why I always feel like I'm doing it wrong or I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it in the the way that it's supposed to be done. And so I like how you kind of broke it down to like a, a much simpler term of like, we're really just doing what we're already doing and we're really doing this so that we can get to know the children better. Yes, Because um, yes, I always think connecting the stuff that the work that we're doing to what we're doing in our own adult lives is also a really good way to to kind of look at it a different way. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been something where I'm like, okay, well, I feel like in order to observe the children correctly or in order to document what they're doing correctly, I need to have like this many notebooks. I need to have this many like post-its in my pocket. I need to have you know, <laughs> all these certain things that like, I yeah, feel like yeah. when I read about observation and documentation or when I hear other people talk about it, I feel like, it's very like, this is the way you have to do it. This is why you have to do it that way and all that. And that can be a little bit intimidating. Oh my gosh. For me, I guess, yes. personally. But um, I guess like, what would you say is like the way 
to like, is there one way to do it? Or is it something where it's like, uh, everyone can kind of find the thing that is easiest for yeah. them? Like how, what do you think about that? Oh my gosh, you said it so, so well. I mean, there is no way to do it, right? And that I think is kind of the beauty of it. Like even from the very, gosh, this is so, yeah, this is so powerful. It's just resonating with me, right? That you said like, you know, is there even a right way? Because first off, there's so many different goals for documentation and observation, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone doesn't have the same goal. You don't have to document children's learning in huge panels on the wall with all their pictures, all their artifacts and Mm -hmm. paragraphs of words and things like that. Like, you know, so I think you have to know your goal in documenting this learning. Are you documenting it for the children themselves so that they can reflect on it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you just need a quick picture. Cool. Uh, The children don't really don't care if the quality of that photograph is a little blurry. They're just really (laughs) excited to reflect on that. Are you documenting for your colleagues or just for your own practice, right? I have heard of people using, you know, I guess my first years of teaching, I just used whatever piece of paper was available to me and (laughs) just kind of like wrote something down, right? I think that the beauty is that when you begin to embark on this journey is that you're taking the time to even just begin reflecting on children and childhood, right? There's no right way. Some people use pictures and sketches. Some people document with webs. You know, more recently, I have a journal that I kind of keep all of my documentation in for me mm. and on different days, it looks different, right? Some days it might be a picture of a setup that the kids were in that I really want to remember. Like we were sitting out in our play space the other day and the children did something really cool with these tree cookies and these stumps and made this really wonderful setup. And I just wanted to remember that. And so I yeah. drew some circles and a couple of rectangles and that was my documentation for that moment. And then, Sometimes it's a conversation and sometimes it is a conversation children have with my own thoughts. And I think the important thing is that you find something that works for you. The truth is that as cheesy as it sounds, I think people will know when they find it, right? Right. And I encourage everyone to try out different ways of documenting. And there are going to be some ways that we're more drawn to given the way that we move in the world. If you're Mm -hmm. someone who really enjoys writing, for example, you might be drawn to a journal. If you're someone who really enjoys visual media, you might be more apt to document videos or pictures. Gathering these observations, gathering this documentation, and what you do do with it all depends on you and your goals. And again, the central thing is that you are starting on this journey of getting to know the children, you know, allowing documentation sort of to be another piece in the way that you move throughout your classroom and your work with young children. And I think that that's important too, at least for me, it was, it's important for me to hear those types of things because I feel like if you're someone who's worked a majority of time, like in a more traditional type of a program, it can be very much like observation and then like documenting what the children are doing can feel like just another thing on the list of stuff that you have to get done for the children so that you can have it done for whatever type of conference or you can have it done for whatever type of like time frame that they're looking for and so I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on it too to do it a certain type of a way right but I like how you bring it always back to just really wanting to know more about our children and what they're doing and what they're thinking. Because I feel like a lot of times that's what it is for me, at least. It's a lot of me just kind of listening 
to their conversations. And then when I listen to their conversations, I can then shape the way our environment is or shape the different provocations that the children are given, shape all of this really based on what I'm listening to them talk about and what I'm listening to them being interested in or questioning or wondering about. So for me, that's always been what I felt like I considered me, my way of observation. But again, it kind of, for me, at least it comes back to that self-conscious piece when I see what someone else is doing for observation or when I see how someone else is documenting and then I'm like, ooh, I didn't do that. I, I just do this part or whatever, right? And so I think it's good to kind of have that reminder of like, what is your goal for it? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, sometimes I feel like depending on where you work, maybe the goal might be presented to you and it's not sure. really so yeah. much your own goal, which can make it hard. But it does kind of feel like taking a little bit of pressure off when it's kind of like, no, think about why you want to be doing this or what you're looking to get out of it, as opposed to what it should be. Right. I I love that you said that, too. And I was just making a quick note here. I think that that really, if you're in a program, like you were saying, where you have to document certain moments or you have to make sure to get X, Y, and Z, like, you know what, that is fine, because the truth is that we are... You know, in this field, we do have demands to meet mm-hmm. and there are people and because of the way that the field has evolved and is growing and it grows in certain sectors, we're going to be beholden to different people for different things. And that's a reality that we just get to navigate. But I think your point stands, right, is that you're still in this field for a reason. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, that reason is because you love and appreciate children. And so find your own why, right? I think we all are probably familiar with the phrase, find your why. And like, yeah. Find your why behind all of the demands that are made in that documentation to really get mm-hmm. yourself excited. Because it's like excitement, love, and joy. Like what gets yes. you what gets you most excited and focus on that. And um, I also wanted to add too, I thought what you said about finding the right way and finding your stride too. As someone who also comes from a background that values emergent curriculum, uh, one of the things that we really also value in children is their process, right? We talk about mm-hmm, process mm-hmm. over product. And in many of my conversations with colleagues, with you, I feel like I've mentioned this too, is that we have to allow ourselves to enter into process and acknowledge the fact that we get to exist in that space of exploring and saying, oh, I didn't do that part. Or maybe I don't like that part. Or right, I don't know, let right. me try this on today. Let me try on this yeah, yeah. paragraph, you know, let me try on this way of integrating this thing into my documentation and decide, do we like it? Do we not like it? What does it work for us? Uh, mm-hmm, you know, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. So giving ourselves that space as well. And I think that that's, it's when you were saying that it was really making me think about, we say that with a lot of other aspects of the work that we do. You know, we say that a lot of times when we're trying to figure out whatever the schedule for our day or the things that the children want to do, you know, we're always talking about being flexible and kind of following the lead of what is feeling right. If someone's like, oh, well, I'm reading this book to the kids and they're really not into it, so I'm going to kind of switch it up and figure out something, you know, whatever it is, being flexible and those things like that. And it's odd because for me, I'm all for that. But it's for some reason when it comes to this, I don't think that way, you know, and I don't think like about being flexible or about kind of just finding my own way through it, you know? And so I think that it's really... I really, really like that you were talking about that because that's what we do when we work with 
children, you know, we're, we're flexible and we're following leads of what we're seeing is working and what we're seeing isn't working. So it's kind of like the idea of like, why wouldn't we give ourselves that same type of grace when it comes to this idea? And so for me, that's always been my kind of biggest struggle, I guess, is that I feel like either I'm not doing enough or, you know, all of that. And so it's nice to hear like, especially from somebody like you who y'all seriously like Ron is like my observation and documentation (laughs) Bible person like that's like every time I think about it I like automatically think about him and so that's what I think is cool too because a lot of times like I would be looking at the stuff that you were doing and I'd be like Mm -hmm. oh like damn I should be doing that or I should be doing it this way or I should be doing (laughs) that right and so it's really cool to hear like you know, no, like this way worked for me for that moment. And that's what I did for that moment. And just accepting kind of that ebb and flow of what it is, and that it doesn't always have to follow a certain blueprint, really. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to also ask you, when you do all of this, all your documentation and all your observation, what is it specifically for you? What do you do with that? Yeah, sure. So I guess it's a few different things, right? I think, and it's evolved over the course of my practice too, and my career, I guess, as an educator. In the beginning, it was mostly for parents, right? Parents Mm -hmm. and children. And I think at the beginning, I didn't realize how much it was for the children, right? It was the idea of, I need to get something on these walls Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the classroom walls are empty. So let's put up some pictures and some words and stuff like that. Um, I was fortunate to work with a really awesome teacher who's still one of my mentors to this day. Um, And she kind of led me in the idea that, hey, this can be a slower, more intentional process. But initially, documentation was for the children in the room and for the parents in the room. And I still think that that is probably the most important audience is the children and their immediate community, right? Because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the children who need to see their work is honored to understand that the work that they're doing is being seen and celebrated and to have this point of connection between experiences temporally, especially so that they can Mm -hmm. say, Hey, remember when we did that? That was really cool. And share about it with other people, right? Like that is, that's the central nugget right there. And then there have been other occasions, so too, right? Like sometimes you really need to advocate, for example, to talk about the ways that play is such an important part of children's daily lives, right? And so I think as I progressed through my early years of teaching and started to understand that some people, you know, everyone has different views on play and its position in the program, but, you know, came into contact with people who really didn't see much room for it at all. I was like, oh, well, okay, then this documentation (laughs) needs to serve a goal. And that's kind of that goal piece too, right? And so Mm -hmm. in that year in particular, uh, this is a couple years back now, but I focused on documenting children's play and my audience were the teachers I was working with. So when I would put together a panel, it would be primarily constructive children's play. That was a set of documentation that I focused on bringing in those standards and hope and putting up in places that in our school, I worked in kind of a bigger school where people outside of our division of pre-K could come by and see the work that we were doing as well to really kind of bring it to the fore. And then of course, too, uh, a lot of the documentation now that I do and that you do as well, you know, a lot of it is for uh, a broader community of educators and Mm -hmm, families mm -hmm. and people who are interested in this work and 
kind of our early childhood community, you know, whether that is through virtually, right? Like, of course, we use Instagram yeah, or kind of our broader thoughts and stuff. And then we use an app called Seesaw. And a lot of that's to communicate with parents and family, but really for these wider audiences now, the conferences, the talks, the presentations that we do. And I think the ultimate goal of that documentation, it's interesting because it's not like, you know, it's stuff that we use with the kids and we use with the children and that I still present to them. But this goal, documentation has another goal, and hopefully that is to have a ripple effect throughout Mm -hmm. the field and encourage other people to allow more space for play and child-centered practice. And so a long story short, I guess you do everything with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so strange because it's like I'm listening to it and I'm like, wait, this is sounding, it's sounding very similar to like, it can be used for whatever you need to use it for at that time. And I think that that really kind of ties everything into that idea of like, it is this, this sort of ebb and flow of like whatever is working for you at that time do it Mm -hmm. for whatever type of purpose that you're needing to use it for at that time and so I think that that's really really cool and the piece of the piece that really stuck out to me was that using this as a tool to advocate for what the children need what is right for them and what is working for them and I feel like especially when you may be of a mindset that is not the norm in the field I feel like having these types of observations and documentations of what we believe is right for the children. And we can use those to say like, listen, this is why they should be doing it this way. And here's what I've seen. And here's what, you know, I've seen kind of come from that. That really spoke to me because that's one of the biggest things that I try to focus on a lot is that piece of by taking a job in this career and in this field, we are essentially taking on the role of being an advocate for these children. I feel like sometimes that's something that can maybe go to the back of people's minds when they're like in the middle of the work. And so that's always something that I try to put at the forefront of my mind. So that really kind of stuck out to me when you were talking about it, about using it for that. That's really cool. That's really, really cool because I think it's like, for me, it's about shifting that mindset about what it's for and why we're doing it and kind of taking that little bit of pressure off of ourselves. Yes. You know, because the work that we do is already hard enough and it's already, you know, (laughs) like stressful enough and all these things that are going through our head. I think that by being able to release this type of like a little bit of anxiety that we have surrounding this and making sure that we're doing it correctly, I think is, is really, really important. Let's just say this. If you were to tell a group of people who had never done any sort of documentation before, any sort of anything like this, like very, very novice to this, what would you tell them would be like the first steps or the first things that they should be thinking about doing, getting any of those things to really kind of start this new type of journey? Right. I think the first thing I would say is think about what makes you curious. Ask a question, right? Any question related to children, to childhood, to teaching, to your own practice. Ask a question and let that lead you. Another closely related thing I would say is articulate a goal, right? Like, is this something Mm -hmm. that you want to share with a colleague, with a friend? Mm -hmm. Find a friend. Find Everyone needs a friend or a good few friends, right? Who yes, yes. they can share this, like find a thinking buddy for this, right? So mm-hmm. have a goal, have a question, find a friend uh, to share it with or a colleague, someone that you respect or someone that you want to 
just build this intellectual relationship with, I would say do it and try it out. <laughs> try like just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Try writing. Try try that post-it. Try that little tiny notebook. Uh, try mm-hmm. taking a voice recording and yeah. just see, you know, let it sit for a bit. Like you don't have to do something with every piece of documentation that you capture. Uh, just start doing it. See what feels comfortable. Then the, the last thing I think those get a goal, have a question, find a friend, do it. And then it is important. Like you do need to find a little bit of time to reflect. And I think this is probably some, I guess something that we haven't gotten to yet, but that is one of the last and maybe the most important things that you can do is to reflect on it, reflect on this documentation. So whether that is two minutes, take a little extra time on the end of a bathroom break to say, yeah, oh, yeah. what were they talking about there? Right. Because you know, we're busy during the day. We have kids with yeah. this. We have co-teachers. We have spills, everything going on. So I get that there's not a whole bunch of time to assemble a whole big corpus of stuff, right? But take mm-hmm. a couple minutes here and there if you can within your workday and just start there. Find little times to reflect because that's going to help you start to see patterns and trends. And then mm-hmm. you'll go from there. But yeah, so... Have a goal, have a question, friend, do it and reflect are kind of the biggest things, I think. I love that. And I really am glad that we were able to talk about that reflection piece as well, because I feel like in our work in general, I feel like having that self-reflection is a really, really important piece to what we do. Reflecting on, I mean, I guess it kind of all falls into the same thing, you know, when you're just kind of sitting and reflecting on how the day went or reflecting on what was working or what wasn't working or reflecting on what you were hearing from the children that day and being able to kind of take that reflection piece and really take it inward and say like, okay, what is it that I can do with this information that I saw, that I heard, that I whatever, and how can I take that information, learn something from it and shift the goals or shift the way that our classroom is, the way that our community is, like taking those pieces and really taking that time to reflect on it. Because, I mean, sometimes we might self-reflect and realize that it was something that we had done maybe that wasn't, that made it not really work as positively as we wanted to or whatever it is. And I think that by being able to have that open mind of, okay, let me really just come to this and see like, okay, this is what happened during this activity. I really want to kind of think about what pieces of it were working for the children, mm-hmm. what pieces of it weren't. And I, so I'm really glad that like we got to at least talk about that reflection piece because that's a huge piece, I feel like, in the work that we do because I'm no observation genius like you are, but I feel like if we're observing these things and we're documenting them, but then we're not really critically thinking about yes. what those things mean, then I kind of feel like what's the point of that if we're not yes, really yes. using it to make some sort of change or whatever it is that we may see from the observation, you know? Yes, absolutely. Use it to make change. So well said, right? Because it's like, it's tempting to over-document, right? We have these phones that have, you know, up to some phones have like a terabyte of information, right? So you can record endless video, take endless photos. And it's like, if all it does is sit on your phone, then it's meaningless. If it doesn't impact the way that you interact with children, the way that you help them, reach new intellectual heights, the way that you help them create relationships and build relationships, then it's meaningless. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. And honestly, like, I feel a little bit better about my ability to do this. 
And honestly, it, it was hearing you kind of put it in a way of, it's going to be what works for you. It's not always going to be the same. It doesn't always have to be the same. It doesn't have to have the same goal. Like just knowing that there isn't some black and white way that this has to be done. And if I'm not doing it that way, then I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing what's best for the children and all these sorts of ideas that we that we can kind of have. So I'm really glad that we were able to have this little chat and kind of get that idea out there because I feel like this is one of those parts of our field that a lot of people may find intimidating. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we were able to kind of dispel a little bit of that because I mean, honestly, I know that it, it makes me feel a little bit less anxious about it. So hopefully that kind of gives other people that kind of like, Oh, okay, maybe I can just try this out. Maybe I can just, let me just think of one thing that I'm wondering about or one thing that I'm questioning about and how can I go about observing and figuring out what that really means. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, all of y'all need to go and follow everything that Ron is doing. So Ron is going to tell us right now where we can go and follow everything that he's doing. Because uh, seriously, you guys, he's incredible. So where where can we follow you, please? <laughs> well, you can follow me on Instagram at childology.co. I have, that's also my URL for my website as well. Uh, I have a Facebook page that is slowly coming along, but really right now my main spot is Instagram and that is where you'll find all the things that are going on with Childology. Uh, I have a lot of exciting things on the horizon, so I would love to share them with you guys. (laughs) We love it. We love it. So yes, go follow him. And then also let us know your feelings about observation. Let us know if you are in like my kind of mindset if you're like a rock star like Ron, like let us know where you're at in that journey. Let us know kind of how it's working for you. And let's try some things this week and let's share about them and let's get that, like Ron said, like find that group of people, find that friend, find that colleague that can really support you through this. And let's do that together. So thank you again for listening. Be sure to subscribe and follow Ron, follow us, and we'll talk soon. Bye, guys. Bye.